Hello, my listener and friend. Welcome to episode 92 of the Yours Truly podcast. I am Claire. I'm your host. I'm the non-diet registered dietitian behind our show, and I am so truly glad that you are joining me for our episode here today. So before I get into our show and introing our guest and what we are talking about here on the pod, I want to give you a little bit of behind the scenes as to my view right now that I have as I am recording this. So right outside of my window, my desk sits in front of a window and I don't know, I'm not really good with distance, but maybe like 10 feet from the window, there is a dogwood tree, which I live in Virginia and the dogwood tree is actually the state tree. Fun fact, it was beautiful a couple of weeks ago when it had all of the white and the pink blooms. It's actually two trees right next to each other, but right now the tree is just green. All of the kind of blooms have faded into leaves, but hanging off of that tree are two finch socks. And what I mean by that, finch, as in the bird, socks as in a type of bird feeder that's kind of meshy in a way, or the material is meshy, and it literally looks kind of like a tube sock filled with seeds hanging off of the tree. And the finch, little gold finches, the birds, they love these socks. And to be honest, it's so incredible to me how really the only birds that ever land on these feeders are the finches. So what can we learn from birds? They honor their hunger and they go for what they enjoy and what they crave. (laughs) But little intuitive eating lesson aside, that is not what I'm here to talk about, but these two finch socks that are hanging off of this dogwood tree are right next to each other And there are literally, I kid you not, as I am recording, I'm trying to count and speak and manage words at the same time, but I believe that I see at least 13 finches. If you've never seen a finch before, they're really cute, small, adorable birds. The males are bright yellow with like black detailing. The the colors of the females are a little bit more muted, but it's so fun. They're having a feeding frenzy and I have never seen as many as I do right now recording today's episode. So I had to give you a little bit of behind the scenes because I'm hoping I don't get distracted as I'm introing our guest and doing our Goal Slayer uh, post of the week, but I had to say that nature is pretty neat. But you're not here, I would assume, (laughs) to learn just about birds. Uh, This is not a bird podcast, so if this is the first time you're tuning into the show, Don't worry, this is a podcast about intuitive eating and having a positive relationship with food. So I guess this is a great time to transition to that. So if you're not new to the show, you know that before I intro the guest or get into the bulk of the episode, we always take a moment to pause and go over our Yours Truly Goal Slayer featured post of the week. So if you're new to the show, this is my free private Facebook community filled with my current clients, my past clients, and a variety of individuals who are simply interested in learning more about intuitive eating and how to take its principles and bring it into the reality of their day-to-day lives. So 
There's community support. I do live videos every week. There's a lot of fun stuff and a lot of community togetherness, for lack of a better term, going on. But the post that I want to feature today is actually a question that I get a fair amount, not only in the group, but also over DM and on social media. So I thought it would be helpful for maybe you, whoever is listening, to uh, get an answer to this on a public format like the podcast. So the question is, can anyone recommend a good beginner's book to better understand intuitive eating? And then the writer posts, thank you. So this is a really wonderful question that I love getting because I think part of this intuitive eating process is learning first and foremost what the heck is intuitive eating, what's the research behind it, what does it entail? Because for many individuals, maybe you who are listening, maybe you've come over from dieting, maybe it's been months, years, decades, and maybe some of the intuitive eating lingo and the phrases and the content that you see individuals like myself and other individuals promoting intuitive eating post, maybe it sounds a little bit weird or very different or just not what you are used to coming from the very black and white approach that diet culture often offers. So I think having a couple of books or some resources under your belt or maybe on your shelf is a more appropriate analogy. It can be a really great place to start your journey and just learning and reading and figuring out, okay, what the heck is this all about? So there were a plethora of responses to this post because people who have been in the community, some of my clients have their trusty resources, their books, their podcasts that are, you know, their, their go-to recommendations, but I have it boiled down to a handful of my favorites and then some of the most recommended ones off of this post. So the first book, and if you're new to the podcast, if you're new to intuitive eating, you might want to grab a piece of paper or your phone if you're not so old fashioned, maybe type these out and create a, a book list, a recommendation list for yourself. So the first one, of course, is Intuitive Eating by Evelyn Triboli and Elise Resch. This episode that you're listening to now is coming out in the end of May, but in June, so really not that far off from when you're listening to this, there is a new edition of this book coming out by the same authors. It's available for pre-order on Amazon. If you're listening, maybe sometime June, July, or after the fact, 2020, that book is out. I highly recommend getting your hands on the newest version as it has some really important updates that the authors were really mindful about putting in this round as they continue to learn and the intuitive eating message continues to evolve. So the second one that a lot of people like to recommend that I also recommend is The Effort Diet by Caroline Dooner. So I recommend this with a side note. Some people love this book so much, I fall into the category where I enjoyed it, I thought it was wonderful, I think it's very helpful, especially if you're looking for a little bit of sass to like stick it to diet culture in that way. Other individuals don't particularly love it. They find it maybe a little bit too abrasive in some ways. And what I mean by that is I've heard from many people that in the beginning stages of their recovery, of their journey to let go of dieting and diet culture, they find the effort mentality, right? Just throw out my dieting rules, do what I want, make peace with food. They sometimes find that that can be a little bit big of a jump 
jump at the beginning of his, her, or their journey. So again, everyone is different. Some people love this book at the beginning of their process. Some people like to wait until they're a little bit more into this process and it doesn't seem so out of left field to say F it <laughs> to some of the dieting rules and behaviors that you've been engaging in. So take that for what it's worth. Both of those that I mentioned are available on Audible if you like to listen to books instead of read them. So take that, write them down, you decide what will be best for you. So another few that I will add in here, Body Kindness by Rebecca Scritchfield is another really wonderful one, as is Health at Every Size by Lindo Bacon. And then the other one with that is Body Respect, also by Lindo Bacon and Lucy Aframore. So a couple books there to get you started that is not at all an exhaustive list, but that is kind of a, a staple gathering of some of the main books and resources that I typically recommend. With the intuitive eating book that I recommended there first on the list, there's also a workbook that you can order alongside with it that many people find helpful. They find a little bit more digestible, pun intended, than the book itself because it kind of breaks down some of the principles into some activities and it will walk you through some helpful steps there as well. So if you're listening and you have also been wondering, where do I get more info? Where's a good place to start with reading and listening and all of that good stuff? I hope that was a helpful little resource gathering and book list for you. And like I said, do with that what you will. But da -da -da -da, without further ado, my friends, we're going to transition into today's episode in showing our guest and a couple of teasers as far as the content my guest and I cover. So our guest on the show today, when I first met her, we were trying to figure this out on our recording, but when I first met her five, six Seven years ago, somewhere in there, you'll hear us talk about that on the episode. Her name was Amanda Sacconi. Her name now is Amanda Cox. She got married a couple of years ago. I almost said moments ago, but it's definitely been longer than that. So married a couple of years ago. So her name is now Amanda Cox. And I'll read her bio here and then I'll share maybe a personal tidbit or two about how I know Amanda, some things I remember about her, because like I said, we go back a couple of years and I'll explain how that happened and how that is connected here in a couple of moments. But Amanda is a health and a wellness professional currently residing in Columbus, Indiana, who specializes in wellness coaching and fitness. Amanda uses wellness coaching to connect with people all across the country and encourages them to set small goals to make a big difference. To Amanda, wellness coaching is a lot like being the belay person at the bottom of a rock wall. The participant starts climbing using their own strengths and muscles and knowledge to climb the wall while the belay person cheers them on, celebrates their achievements, and catches them if they fall. If you would like to climb a wall or achieve any other goals, you can connect with Amanda at acox.wellnesscoach at gmail.com or find her on Instagram at acox.wellnesscoach. 
which we will have down in the show notes if you want to connect with Amanda, reach out to her after hearing our conversation today. So my history or my knowing of Amanda goes back, as I said, a couple of years ago, a handful of years ago at this point in time where she was actually the GA or the graduate assistant when I was in undergrad at James Madison University. We both worked at URAC, the the gym there at JMU, hashtag go Dukes, if any of my fellow Dukes are listening. But like I said, Amanda was the GA. I was an instructor, a yoga teacher under her. And one of my first memories of Amanda, I walked into one of our first staff meetings and here she was fiery on a roll, so energetic. And to be completely honest, me being an underclassman and her being a graduate student, I was very much intimidated because she knew everyone. She had all of these friends. She was very energetic. She was very outspoken. She was an incredible dancer, may I add, which will tie into my story a little bit more here in a couple of moments. But yeah, I walked in, I saw her. I was like, oh my gosh, who is this? I'm intimidated by her because she knows all the people. She's so friendly. She, you know, has all of these things going for her. And here I was a measly underclassman or so it felt that way. But as I continued in my group exercise or fitness career, I got to know Amanda more. I was teaching more classes. I kind of found my groove there at the the university gym or the wellness center. I realized she is so fun and very approachable and she was a really great friend and mentor throughout my time and my undergrad career. I will never forget taking some of her dance classes and her other fitness classes that she instructed, thinking to myself, especially in the dance classes, how the heck (laughs) am I supposed to keep up with this woman because she literally feels like a professional dancer. But nonetheless, because we talk about moving freely here on the Yours Truly podcast, it was so joyful to be in her class. She was so fun. She led with such confidence and energy that I would show up to dance classes and just have a blast and have a ball with it, even if I couldn't keep up with all of the steps that she was throwing my way. So um, getting a little bit more into to what we're talking about here on this episode before I take you too far down memory lane. I know that's exciting, but we'll hit pause there for a couple of moments because Amanda actually reached out to me a couple of weeks ago at this point saying that she as a wellness coach had see, received rather a lot of questions and almost some fear around what foods are quote unquote safe to eat. Can foods be infected? with COVID-19? Is that something that we need to worry about? How do we wash fruits and veggies? And how can we be sure that what we're bringing into our homes and what we're eating during this time isn't exposing us to unnecessary risk and is keeping us healthy and nourished and happy in all of those ways? So she reached out to me with some of these questions and some of the things that her clients and friends and family members had been coming to her saying, And she was wondering if we could hop on a Zoom chat to talk about these things. She could ask me some questions. We could kind of reconnect after all of these years. So I said, sure, why not? And I asked her if it would be okay for me to use this recording because I've heard these questions too. I think it's helpful and I hope it will be educational for you if you have also been feeling a little bit of fear or anxiety or unease towards any of the food 
foods, the, the things that you've been bringing into your house in this time. So a big shout out to Amanda for bringing up the idea of this, for interviewing me and in turn allowing me to kind of interview her and have a conversation about these things. And also a thank you to her for allowing me to repurpose this and use it here on our podcast because she also is using this for her listeners and clients. So as we always say, work smarter, not harder. So Amanda, thank you for giving me the opportunity to do so. But for you listener, I hope you will enjoy this conversation about food safety in COVID-19. And also I hope you enjoy getting to know Amanda a little bit. Her energy, her fun, her vibrance will hopefully shine through the mic and you can take some of that with you for the rest of your day, week, or whatever you might need. So I'll catch you at the end of the episode, but without further ado, here's my conversation with Amanda Cox. All right. Hey, everybody. Um, Thanks so much for pressing play. I know sometimes that's the first hardest part is just pressing play and saying, what are these two doing? Um, Thank you so much for joining us today. I am hoping this conversation kind of lessens some maybe anxieties or maybe answer some questions that you might be having around uh, fresh fruits and vegetables, canned goods, frozen goods. Um, So I'm really excited to join um, today in a conversation with my longtime friend and fitness and wellness uh, buddy. Um, Her name's Claire Tuning. She is a registered dietitian. um, And we, like I said, we've known each other for a long time. So anyway, with no further ado, Claire, how are you? I'm so great, Amanda. Thanks for having me. I'm always so happy to connect with with people, especially when that involves reconnecting with people who I've known for a while. Yeah, we go back, how many years is it now? Like six, seven? I think seven? it's seven. Yeah, I think it'll be seven. Yeah. Yeah, all the way back to JMU, UREC, if anyone's listening, go Dukes. But yeah, Dukes. really excited to be here and have this conversation to hopefully bring a little bit of a peace and calm to all of like the craziness and some of the myths that we're hearing now. Yeah, exactly. And so I know we talked about this a little bit, but all the questions I'm going to ask you today directly come from um, some of my wellness coaching clients Mm -hmm. and some of their fears and what they're worried about when they're shopping for food um, or food shortages. And so I don't know about you. I'm sure the answer is yes, but I get super worried when maybe I'm hungry and I don't know where my food's coming from. Um, So this is hopefully helping a lot of people, including myself. Um, So to start off, give me a little bit about what a registered dietitian is. Yeah, I love this question because again, (laughs) there's a lot of misinformation out there. And for someone who has spent, you know, years in school to, to be a registered dietitian, I love shedding some myth busting facts on what we are versus what we aren't. So, um, technically speaking, before I get into my fun definition, a registered dietitian is a health and nutrition professional. We go through at least four years of undergrad and then an internship. It's kind of like a residency for a medical Mm -hmm. doctor. So It's about a year long, 1200 hours of being in clinical settings with nutrition, food service settings, long-term care, wellness counseling, you know, all of these different things, you know, all of the different hats that a dietitian can wear. So um, that's kind of our our schooling and our credentialing process. It's a medically protected credential being a registered dietitian. So we're nutrition professionals who are recognized by doctors, nurses, you know, therapists, all of that. And a lot of the times we work on teams with many of those professionals to 
provide mm -hmm. the best care for individuals because all of us have to eat, right? <laughs> that's literally yeah. thing that we have to do as humans. So that's why I love being a dietitian because everybody thinks about food. Everybody has to talk about food and nourish their bodies in that way. So my fun definition of a registered dietitian is I always love to say we are not the food police. <laughs> Many <Yeah. laughs> people I find when they, they learn I'm a dietitian, but they don't necessarily know my approach to eating, that it's, you know, a non-diet approach, intuitive eating, I, I find that they're almost kind of timid to share, oh my gosh, I ate this, don't judge me, or oh my gosh, I ate this thing and it was so bad. And I say, hey, I'm not the food police. I love food. That's why I'm in this career. And really, you know, part of what I try to do as a registered dietitian is normalize eating and mm -hmm. normalize bodies and normalize food. So we view eating as nourishment and connection and enjoyment, not something that is good or bad or clean or dirty. So I'm all for not being the food police and normalizing food for myself and anyone who I work with in that way. So there's my technical definition and my fun definition as well. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I think that's really cool and really helpful. Um, you know, and thank you for giving that extra information outside of just being a nutritionist or maybe someone that's just passionate about nutrition. Um, and I've been a trainer and in fitness for so long, so I can absolutely help people on certain things about nutrition and water intake. Um, but you're going to be able to help them even further with, you know, food and their relationship to food. So, so cool. Yeah, um, totally. yeah thanks so much for that. Um, so a big question I've heard from several of my clients and a couple of them have actually stopped buying fresh fruit and vegetables. Um, what would you say would be the best way to um, wash or make sure that your fruit and vegetables are safe after they like come home from the grocery store? Yeah, I think this is a really important question and one that I think is on all of our minds, maybe a little mm -hmm. bit more so now with right. COVID-19 and all that's going on, because I think when we have this heightened level of fear and anxiety around everything, you know, right. especially food related, we don't want to bring the virus into our homes. We want right. to, you know, lessen any potential of us, you know, contracting this virus in this way. But when it comes to food, especially fresh fruits and vegetables, there really is no research or no proof to show that the virus travels in that way or, you know, through that method of contact. So uh, as we were talking about a little bit before we hit record, you know, we see some people these days talking about these special washes or these special concoctions that you must use or you have to use to clean or prepare your fresh fruits and veggies before right. you eat them. But really the recommendations now stand the same from the FDA as they always are, where you're taking those fresh fruits and veggies home, you're washing them under running water. Mm -hmm. um, just no bleach, no soap, you know, <laughs> nothing like that. Just plain, please do not ingest bleach, bleach. <laughs> product, anything like that. We, we thought that, you know, no one had to clarify that, but I think we're having to more yeah. a little bit now. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, when it comes to the, the fruits and veggies, no soap or anything, just under warm running water with your hands. If it is a tough um, fruit or vegetable, something like a melon or a potato, you know, something that has that tough skin, you can take right. a clean brush and do it that way to get the, the dirt and anything off of it in that way. But really warm running water is all that is needed. And then we're just going to dab it off with a clean towel, a clean paper towel, and it should be ready for consumption there. Awesome. Guys, you heard it here first. No bleach. Oh no my bleach. God. I'm so glad I got that question out of the way, Claire. That's awesome. 
Um, yeah. So like I was saying, like, it's just so important for me to have fruits and vegetables that are fresh. Um, however, um, you know, if we see a shortage or a lacking or even seasonally, I, I know that like I can't get some of the stuff that I like um, in the grocery store, maybe in the winter or the summer or just depending on the season. What is your absolute favorite either frozen or canned good um, recipe? Uh, if you wouldn't mind sharing, because I know you love making delicious food to share with people. I do. As I mentioned, when I was kind of defining registered dietitian in a fun way, again, we're not the food police. We love enjoyable and satisfying and tasty foods just as much as anyone else would. So when it comes to your first point about having fresh fruits and veggies on hand and you enjoy that, I agree. Um, I love how vibrant they are, the, the texture, the mm -hmm. color there. But something that I love to do before I even answer the question about the recipe sure. or ideas is, again, we just normalize all all foods of all kinds. So having fresh fruits and veggies is awesome if you enjoy that, if you have access to it, but also frozen, you know, canned, any way that you want to bring these foods mm -hmm. into your life and incorporate them is going to be incredible and going to be really wonderful for your body. So I find, you know, coming back to what I was saying a couple of moments ago about there being so much fear and stigma around certain foods. Now people say, well, I can't eat something frozen or I can't eat something canned because that's bad for me or it's not as good as the fresh version. But I say, not really. I mean, it's the same food in a frozen right. form or in a more preserved form. So any form that you're going to get these foods in is totally okay. And I think a lot of it boils down to preference and of course, availability. So Mm -hmm. um, when it comes to recipes or certain ideas that I enjoy, I love, love, love keeping on hand any type of like frozen fruit. I know that's very mm -hmm. big, but I love doing smoothies with them. You know, it can be a, a fruit smoothie with a fruit juice if you want it to be a little bit um, or have more staying power is what I call it. So right. it'll stay with you for a little bit longer than just a smoothie, adding something like a yogurt or even oats to that, mm -hmm. <laughs> that can, you know, have a, a, allow it to be a really fun texture in that way. Also, I'm a really big fan of making soups from canned oh, yeah. and frozen goods. So looking up recipes for like a chili of sorts, I know we're mm -hmm. kind of getting into warmer weather now. So maybe like a veggie soup, you know, something like that, that can all be made from things that are canned or frozen. And really mm -hmm. once you make it, once you blend it up, once you put it in the crock pot, you probably won't even taste the difference between it being right. you know, fresh, frozen or canned. So those are a couple general ideas that I have, but really main point that I love to drive home. Any way that you're getting these foods into your life is okay. It's allowed. All of them are going to be beneficial. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know if you ever tried a sweet potato chili, but it's actually one of my favorites. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And it's a good way to, you know, add some nice healthy carbs and really nice coloring mm -hmm. to chili. So, so yeah, absolutely. Um, Claire, anything else you want to kind of touch on before we wrap up or any other COVID-19 or um, fruit preparedness notes you want to jump in on before we wrap up? Yeah. Um, so first of all, thanks for bringing me on and having these fun questions. I think now more than ever, it's important to myth bust, <laughs> to speak a little bit of truth to all these right. things that we're hearing in these ways. But the, the thing that I'm really trying to remind all of my clients of now, you know, my following, anyone who is interested in health and eating and food in any way is we really want to make sure 
at all points of the year, but especially now that we're eating enough, right? I think sometimes when we're under a really stressful situation, something that's really challenging or out of the ordinary for a lot of us, we either eat less because we're stressed out. Maybe we eat less because we're afraid of what if my body changes when I'm at home a little bit more? What if my weight changes? But really what our bodies need from us right now is adequate fuel and adequate energy. Like I said earlier, in any form that we are getting it, because what we do know to be true about our immune system and how our bodies work is we need enough food and enough fuel to keep us strong and healthy and going in that way. So for anyone who's watching, if there's a little, you know, person on your shoulder saying, eat less, (laughs) right? You don't need that. Speak back to that voice and really try, you know, to your, to the best of your ability to nourish your body and offer it the foods that it needs in a way that feels satisfying for you. So that's what I have, but yeah, yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Um, I think that's really similar to something I always say about cardio. Your your body doesn't know what kind of cardio you're doing as long as it's heart rate getting up. Same thing like you're saying, your body doesn't know if it's working from home or working from the office or not working at all. It still needs the same nutrients. So uh, really, really good um, tip. And that seems so intuitive, but sometimes um, with a lot of changes, it's not. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Claire, how can people watching or listening, depending on um, where, where you're listening to us right now, um, how can they find out more about intuitive eating and uh, the yours truly empire, as I like to call it? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Before we hit record, Amanda called for anyone listening, you know, what I have and all my different platforms, very, very kindly. She called it an empire and I said, thank you. Sometimes it doesn't feel that way, <laughs> but um, thank you for your kind words there. So uh, the answer your first question, just learning more about intuitive eating, what the heck it is, because some people might mm-hmm. be that idea if they're listening from your audience i really highly recommend the book called you guessed it intuitive eating by <laughs> evelyn triboli and elise rush it's a really wonderful resource you can order it from amazon they'll deliver it even in the midst of a pandemic although it might take a longer <laughs> um, but sure. other ways to get in contact with me a couple different ways. Um, probably best one where all of my resources are kind of housed is through Instagram. So I'm there under my name at Claire Tuning, the Yours Truly podcast. Amanda, as you mentioned, it is yeah. pretty much anywhere where you listen to podcasts. Um, I also have a free private Facebook community for anyone who is interested. So the Yours Truly Goal Slayers, you can type <laughs> that in on Facebook and I'll add you that way. And then um, TikTok. I'm on TikTok under Claire Tune, and we got a lot of fun stuff there. So come and join me. But uh, yeah, for anyone listening, come hang out. But for my listeners who are also listening to this recording on the podcast or anywhere else where I put this, where can people learn more about you, Amanda, and connect with you in that way? Yeah, absolutely. So um, first off, thank you so much for all of that, Claire. I'm so excited for your TikTok videos. If you haven't seen How to Eat a Pizza Guilt-Free by Claire, I highly recommend it because I've never seen better advice on how to eat a pizza. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It cracks me up. So anyway, um, so I'm diving into the world of wellness coaching. I absolutely love it. If you think about wellness coaching as as someone who's climbing a rock wall and I'm the person at the bottom holding the belay, um, that person is using their own muscles, their own strengths. Um, their own kind of wisdom to climb that mountain. And I'm just at the bottom, either cheering them on um, or making sure they don't fall. So that's like kind of my biggest um, way I like to describe wellness coaching. So I'm getting into that, helping people reach their goals and um, making little milestones that make big changes in their lives. 
Um, so I am at Fitness and Wellness by Amanda on Facebook, and I'm also ACOX Wellness Coach on Instagram. Um, so I just started my baby empire uh, a couple weeks ago because pandemic makes you do things that you never thought you were going to do. Um, and yeah, right. And I have seen so many of my girlfriends doing blogs and Instagram posts and educating themselves in ways that um, maybe they thought they weren't going to have time to. But um, this time really is a blessing for, for me. And it has really gifted me um, a really cool uh, way of time of use of time to uh, explore a lot of that. So anyway, that's all we have for you guys today. Um, Claire, thank you so much. Thank you again for having yeah. me. It was great to, to reconnect, talk about a couple of uh, nutrition truths, and I'm happy that it was with you. So thanks for having Aww, me. Thanks. <laughs> all right, guys, follow us, check us out. Hey friend, just me again here at the end of our show as I usually pop back in and say hey, but I just wanted to say thank you again for press and play as Amanda said for being here, for coming back to the show either week after week or maybe even being here for the first time if this is episode one that you have joined us for here on the show. So I hope you're walking away with a couple of questions answered, some nutrition myths busted and maybe with some renewed sense of energy when it comes to nourishing your body and normalizing food and dissipating some of the fear and anxiety that diet culture preaches to us and teaches to us nowadays, especially in this COVID-19 season. So again, one more shout out and thank you to my friend Amanda for bringing up this idea for interviewing me and allowing me to repurpose this content here for our listeners here on the show to learn from. So as always, my friend and listener, if you got any ounce of value from this episode or any of the episodes that I share here on the Yours Truly podcast, the best way to say thank you and to pay it forward is to leave a rating, leave a review. That is the best way to help the show grow and reach the ears of more listeners who might benefit from hearing our message. So again, thank you so much for being here. And until next Wednesday, take care.